And before we turn to read God's word, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we know that we need your word. We need it more than we need food or drink. And so we pray now that as your word is read and as Scott comes to preach to us, please would you help us to listen and please might we be nourished by your word. Amen. This is Genesis chapter 9, starting at verse 1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock and all the wild animals. All those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backwards and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way, so that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan. 
the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Noah lived a total of 950 years. And then he died. This is God's word. Morning all. Uh, My name's Scott. I'm the assistant minister here. Um, Let me add my welcome to Matt's. Here we are at the final of four, uh, looking at the life of Noah. And we saw week one, didn't we, that uh, that hope in human progress um, is, uh, is hope misplaced. But what about those individuals um, who, who seem to rise above uh, the rest of humanity, who seem to offer humanity hope? Um, history's kind of full of, full of such figures, isn't it? Um, let, let's look at a, a couple from, from recent history. Th- this guy is probably the, the closest we get um, in, the, in the last sort of, in our generation, to, uh, to that sort of figure, Obama. Um, lauded as, as, well, as the poster says, the hope. Um, not just for America, actually. One, um, one senator introducing him in his, his campaign said, this is not a campaign for the President of the United States. This is a movement to change the world. Big claim. Um, that, that other guy we, we need to listen to, George Clooney. Here's what George Clooney said about him. Um, he walks into a room and you want to follow him somewhere, anywhere, that's what George thought. Um, Halle Berry, another strong woman. Um, I'll do whatever he says to do. Whatever he says, I'll do it because he is, he is the hope. Um, he's charismatic. Um, he's eloquent. Um, he wants to do the right thing. It's easy to get swept along. Um, the whole world uh, was swept along, wasn't it? Whatever you think of, of, of Obama's time as president, there's no denying that he was that figure of hope uh, for the world. We don't get quite as excited in Britain, but the closest we get, um, or certainly in my lifetime, is probably in 97, if you're old enough to remember 97, and um, uh, Tony Blair's landslide victory uh, with New Labour. Um, Things can only get better, ringing out. uh, What a classic. Uh, Shame it's been uh, spoiled forever now. Um, Again, whatever you think of his politics, a figure of hope uh, in some ways. Um, What about closer to home? Um, the person that, that we think uh, will give us hope uh, in our lives, uh, maybe the, the friend who will always be there uh, for us, uh, who will give us influence or um, uh, importance, uh, maybe the, the spouse or, or the spouse we would love, uh, who will always be there for us, who will give us security and hope when life is hard. Um, if there was one man who I guess could have claimed to have give the wor- given the world hope, it is Noah, isn't it? As we've seen him uh, these weeks, his faith and obedience uh, saved the world. The, um, the ark, uh, the new creation. As God's devastating judgment uh, fell on the world, those who were with Noah had hope. And they were saved uh, through Noah. Now, it was, all, it was all of God's grace, wasn't it? We've seen that over the weeks but it was, it was through Noah and his faith. Um, he is the figure of hope uh, for this renewed creation. Maybe things uh, will be okay for humanity now that Noah is at the helm. Yes, we can with Noah. 
to, to a certain extent, uh, we'll see this morning that we can be very thankful uh, to Noah. Uh, there are many blessings that have come to humanity through him. And we'll have a think about those uh, in just a moment. But we also must be realistic, won't we? Uh, don't we? That Noah is just a man. Um, as, as we must be realistic about any individual, that they are only a human. Uh, and because they are human, they will be flawed. And that's where Noah's story uh, lands uh, today in Genesis 9. Uh, with him uh, falling into sin, cursing his family. So once again, um, as always, the Bible is realistic uh, about the hope uh, that we can place in humanity or the foolishness of hope in humanity, of putting our hope in one person, unless, of course, that one person is the only person equipped uh, for the job, uh, the perfect man, Christ. So we'll see that this morning. We'll see the blessings that we receive through Noah. We'll see Noah's failure, and we'll see how they point us uh, to Christ, uh, the better Noah. So first then, the blessings uh, through Noah, verses one seventeen. As, um, as the new creation gets going, this renewed creation, God generously blesses the earth, doesn't he, through Noah uh, and Noah's sons. Um, here they are right at the beginning of this renewed creation, and they are blessings to the whole of creation, uh, to all of humanity that will come after Noah. Look at verse 1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Um, and, and then we, we get spelt out what those blessings are. And the first one is, is the blessing of, of work, of a purpose in life. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And the same, a very similar uh, commission to that given to Adam and Eve right back in Genesis 1. Um, here, is, here is a task uh, for humanity uh, to fulfill. Not just the, the filling of the earth numerically with children, although that is part of it, but, but a purpose, a, a work that is meaningful. Um, the, the, the role um, given to Adam and Eve is restated to Noah. It wasn't removed uh, by human sin. It wasn't er- eradicated by the flood. Um, there is uh, meaningful work to do even in this messed up uh, world. So um, I, I don't know what, what you think of your work, uh, how frustrating uh, you find it, uh, but it is a, a blessing uh, from God, isn't it? Uh, it comes to us in some measure through, through these blessings uh, to Noah. The blessing of work, uh, first of all. The second uh, blessing is uh, one I'm particularly grateful for, the blessing of meat uh, for food. Uh, we see that in these verses, don't we? And okay, um, we'll, we'll not get into vegetarianism uh, quite uh, in too much depth. Maybe we should be eating uh, less meat. But, but this verse makes clear that, that we have been given all these good things by God. Now, the point is that humanity has been given an authority over creation. Um, and of course, we should use that wisely um, because it's given to us by God. It's an authority under God. But we shouldn't be embarrassed uh, about it either. God has given us an authority over creation. And the only limit uh, that God places on, on that authority is, is this restriction uh, to not eat meat with its blood in it, life blood in it. St- sort of strange, um, strange condition uh, to our ears. Um, it, it is to do with 
um, the sacrificial system that the Old Testament uh, relies so heavily on. Um, it's a little picture of it here. Um, in Leviticus uh, 17, uh, the Israelites are commanded not to eat the meat with lifeblood in it because it is the blood that makes atonement, atonement uh, for their sin. Um, so this side of the cross, uh, we have freedom uh, to eat what we want, don't we? Praise God for that. Uh, the only command that we're given is to eat with fullness in our hearts to God, that our eating uh, doesn't make others stumble. Uh, so when you're, you're tucking into your um, roast dinner, uh, your Sunday lunch uh, this afternoon, give thanks uh, to God for that blessing. Blessing of uh, work, the blessing of meat. Uh, thirdly, the blessing of justice. Did you see that in the verses? Justice. Um, God promises to demand an accounting for human blood. And that's because the taking of human life is serious. So serious that God himself will see justice done, uh, whether it's an animal or a human uh, that takes that life. And it is serious because humans are made in the image of God. Uh, right back in, in Genesis 1, they were made in the image of God, and they're still uh, made in the image of God post-flood. God promises this measure of justice. And I wonder if you were here uh, week one back in Genesis 6, we saw that God looked on the earth and it was full of violence. Uh, no justice, uh, no restraining of evil. And so here, uh, what we get is a fairly basic, um, but, but a restraining of evil. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. And God beginning to restrain the uncontrolled violence that had been present before the flood. It implies, doesn't it, a level of, of oversight of government that, that is able to enact that sort of justice. Now, um, we're not going to get into um, the whole issue of capital punishment. This is one of the verses that, uh, that people who are very pro-capital punishment would go to and say God has given us that authority. Um, maybe, maybe it does permit that. It certainly doesn't insist on it. The point here is that there will be a system of justice uh, to restrain evil. But, but as God gives that blessing, there's also the, the, the flip side of that is that there will be the need for justice. Uh, in the post-flood world, uh, violence will still be a part of it. Uh, sin has not been removed uh, by the flood. And so um, you, you may not like uh, the government that we have uh, or the government that we might have, um, but we can give thanks, can't we, for a system that upholds justice and fairness on the whole. And that is an extraordinary blessing to us from God, uh, played out uh, from Genesis 9. The, f the final and, and the most profound blessing that we receive through Noah um, is the blessing of life, isn't it? As God promises to preserve the earth. And we had that last week where God promised that he wouldn't wipe out uh, uh, humanity from the earth, life from the earth again. And here he confirms it uh, with, a, with a covenant, um, a binding agreement in which God himself initiates. Uh, look down at verse 11. Verse 11, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of the flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. God makes this promise uh, in, in, in the form of a covenant. And then as if, as if signing 
uh, his, that agreement across the sky. He, he puts the rainbow there uh, to say he will commit uh, to preserving life. It's a, it's a fitting sign, isn't it? Um, think of the, the, the clouds parting after a rainstorm and the sun comes out and the rainbow appears. Um, a reminder to God, uh, Genesis tells us, of his promise and a reminder to us uh, of his promise of mercy. Um, you may have forgotten uh, over the summer, um, but it does rain quite a lot uh, in London, doesn't it? Um, it does rain quite a lot. Um, uh, if you think it rains a lot in London, you should try living in Northern Ireland, uh, where it, it really does rain a lot. Um, but even in London, even in Ireland, uh, the rain stops, doesn't it? Um, God is merciful in stopping it. Um, and maybe we, we, we look at uh, situations where it seems the rain doesn't stop. Um, you look at the, the devastating floods uh, in southern India at the minute, and you think, uh, has God forgotten um, his promise? Uh, are we all going to be wiped out by a flood? Um, and it's, it's right, isn't it, to, to pray that God would be kind and merciful uh, in those situations. But the rain does stop. Um, God has committed uh, to stopping it. He will preserve humanity, not because uh, humanity deserves it, but because he is gracious to us. He is merciful. So there we have it, the blessings uh, that come to humanity through Noah. Uh, they are many, aren't they? Um, it, it, all examples of, of, of what we can call God's common grace uh, to, to humanity, the, the blessings that God bestows on each and every one of us. Uh, not just on his special people, not just on Christians, but on the whole of humanity. Uh, blessings of food and life uh, and justice. I wonder what would happen um, if you pop down Green Park on Tuesday morning um, after the bank holiday and you ask people as they're filing out uh, on their way to work, um, is your work a blessing to you from God? Um, most of them probably wouldn't give you a, a second look. They'd be too busy. Um, if you, went, if you uh, walked down to the bottom of Down Street and popped into the, the Anthenium um, uh, for lunch, nice restaurant, uh, you could have your lunch in. And as people are tucking into their um, uh, Dingley Dale pork ribeye, uh, apricot and harissa mashed potato, that's what you can get uh, this lunchtime at, um, at the Anthenium if you want. As, as people are tucking into their ribeye, and um, if you ask them, is this, is this a blessing uh, from God to you? Um, they would probably think you're nuts. And you'd be probably asked to leave that kind of place. Um, most people, um, they, they wouldn't acknowledge that, that the blessings that, that God gives to Noah and humanity through Noah, people don't acknowledge that they're from God, do they? But they are. And they, all those blessings come to people because God is merciful. He is gracious. And, and so we should thank God, shouldn't we, each and every day uh, for the blessings that he lavishes on us, and that we live in a, in a safe, uh, on the whole, an ordered uh, society, and that, that we have a, a system of law and government that upholds justice, that there is uh, food on our shelves and in our shops uh, that we can uh, be blessed by, that God has given us um, another day of life, and that he has not wiped out uh, humanity because of humanity's sin. Those are all blessings which we should be ex extraordinarily thankful uh, to God for. Uh, extraordinary blessings to humanity. And, and here in Genesis 9, those blessings come to us through Noah. 
don't they? And it's tempting to think at this point uh, in our story, yes, Noah, I mean, what a guy. Um, through these weeks, what a guy Noah has been uh, saving uh, humanity through his, his righteousness, his faith, his obedience, his trust in the promises of God. What a model human being Noah is. And what a lovely family um, he's part of. The hope uh, for humanity, if the hope is in Noah, uh, seems to be a right one, at least for now. But then we get this, this strange incident, don't we, in the second half of the chapter that reminds us that even Noah is only human. See, the Bible never, never exaggerates about people, does it? It never paints them in, in, in exaggeratedly positive uh, terms. Uh, it is always realistic uh, about people's feelings because it wants to point us beyond the individual uh, to, uh, to God. That's what we see, don't we, as, as Noah falls. Um, up to this point, Noah is almost the perfect man uh, through the story. He is the one who is righteous and blameless and walks faithfully with God. He is the savior uh, of the creation. And yet it isn't long into that new creation, is it, uh, before uh, he stumbles and falls. Um, what does Noah do? He, he plants a vineyard, um, and you think, this is great. He's, um, he's fulfilling God's command to fill the earth, uh, to, to increase on it. But it all goes downhill pretty quickly, doesn't it, from verse 21. Look down again at verse 21. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. There's our, our hero, Noah. Um, maybe, maybe we're tempted as we read that to think, it wasn't, wasn't that bad at what Noah did, was it? I mean, he, sure, he had a bit, bit too much to drink, um, but he wasn't doing anything to harm anyone else. Uh, it, was, it was in the private of his own home, was it not? What, what a man gets up to in private is surely his own business. And yet it, it, it does harm others, doesn't it? As his youngest son um, comes in and exposes his nakedness, as he brings in uh, the older sons, uh, the whole, Noah's whole family, uh, the whole of humanity at that point is, is caught up uh, in Noah's sin. Sin will always affect others. Sin is never just a private matter. And so Noah, this great hope for humanity, uh, ends up in a, in a drunken mess on the floor, naked and passed out. Um, he is naked and ashamed, uh, just as Adam and Eve were in the garden. Noah falls, uh, even though he had done so well up to that point. And here, here's why that's so important, uh, that, we, that we get that, that we see that. Um, because it isn't just out there in the world that people look uh, to individuals to give them hope, is it? Um, we can do it uh, just as easily in the church too. Um, there, are, there are people uh, that we will all look to uh, in church life. And um, whether that's uh, the leader um, who, who God uses, and we think, yes, this is the individual um, who is going to turn the tide against the, the secular agenda of our day. And this is the preacher who will make um, an impact uh, on our society. This is the pastor who will really help people 
um, when, when life is a struggle. And it's easy, isn't it, to, to subtly uh, begin to, to look at the, the individual, uh, the church leader, uh, rather than at Christ, and to put our hope uh, in those individuals. But Genesis 9 teaches us that hope in a human being will always disappoint, and because they're only human. And praise God that he can and does use individuals uh, to strengthen his church, uh, to build up his people. But if our hope is rested on any individual, um, it is misplaced. And, uh, you see it, don't you, every few months, and there'll be a story of a, a, of a big church pastor, someone that, that everyone looked up to, um, someone who God used uh, to encourage the church, who has uh, fallen uh, into, into sin of one form and another. Um, if, you, if you've been following the story of, of Bill Hybels and um, his church in America, um, that's, that's an example of that. And, and it should, um, should make us sad. Uh, it, we should grieve uh, when, um, when church leaders bring, uh, bring the gospel into disrepute. We should feel a pain of it. Um, but in one sense, we shouldn't be surprised by it. Um, if, if blameless Noah uh, could fall, then each and every one of us, um, even the pastors, maybe especially the pastors, uh, can fall too. Um, so we, sh- we should thank God, shouldn't we, for, for those he's, he's given to his church. But we would be foolish uh, to put our hope in any individual, um, even uh, a godly leader. When our hope starts to move from Christ and onto anything or anyone else, we're in trouble. So let, let me encourage you then to, to commit um, to praying for our church leaders um, and elders. That would be a great thing to do, wouldn't it, off the back of this passage? Um, that God would use them in ministry, yes, but that God would also guard uh, their hearts um, against sin. Uh, for their good, uh, for our good, for the good of the church. And because when they fall, it can be devastating. Just, just look at the mess that Noah's sin creates um, here in Genesis 9. Imagine the scene. Um, Noah finally wakes up uh, from his, his drunken stupor, and probably with a, a, a stinking hangover. He feels a bit sorry for himself, and, and when he realizes um, his foolishness, his error, what does he do? He doesn't, doesn't repent. He takes it out uh, on his son, doesn't he? Now, it does seem that, that Ham has done something wrong in, uh, instead of covering up uh, his father's shame in, in exposing it to his brothers. And it is Ham who bears the brunt uh, of, of the punishment. Well, actually, not Ham, but, but Ham's son, Canaan. And it may well be because cause God has already pr- promised to bless uh, the generation that Ham is a part of, that, that the consequence uh, of this falls on the next uh, generation. I mean, was Noah right uh, to curse uh, that generation uh, rather than admitting his own sin uh, as the cause of the mess? Um, the, the narrative is actually quite fairly silent uh, on that, isn't it? But what is clear is that, that Noah's, Noah's family line is cursed and his whole family ends up divided. I'm just saying that these, these are the only words in the whole Bible that Noah actually speaks these are the only words that are recorded which Noah actually speaks. 
and they are words of cursing and favoritism. And cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. And pretty, pretty sad record of the words of a righteous man. Presumably Noah said lots of, um, lots of godly and encouraging things uh, through his life, both before and after uh, this incident. But here's what's, here's what's recorded for us. Cursed be Canaan. And then that's where, that's where Noah's story ends. Verse 28. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Noah lived a, hundred, a total of 950 years, and then he died. And we, we get the completion of that pattern, that genealogy from right back in chapter 5, if you remember it. It's pretty abrupt, isn't it? That's it. For all the hope that Noah brought, for all the good that he did, death still reigns. Even if, even if Noah had been the perfect man, death shows that the curse of sin still has its grip on humanity. We're still awaiting the seed of the woman promised in Genesis 3, who will crush the serpent's head. And I wonder, as, as we look at the, the sad end uh, to Noah's life, um, at his failure uh, to be all that he was meant to be, uh, are we left asking, has God failed too? Um, has God's plan uh, come to nothing? Has his plan to use Noah to bless the renewed creation fallen at the first hurdle? Well, thankfully, God's plans are much bigger uh, than Noah's sin aren't they? In fact, he even uses Noah's sin uh, to bring about his purposes. Um, as the blessed line of Shem uh, is, is, is the one through whom the promises uh, to humanity will be fulfilled. God can use weak and flawed people to bring about his, his plans and purposes. That's an encouragement, isn't it? As we uh, look at our own lives, as we look at uh, weaknesses in the church, uh, in in Uh, both this church and the church more widely. What an encouragement that God can use weak and flawed people to bring about his purposes. God's determination to bless his people, to establish his covenant, isn't thwarted uh, by human sin. His plans are much, much bigger than that. And so um, as our time in in the story of Noah uh, draws to a close, what, what can we learn what can we learn from this man, Noah? Well, we have learned, haven't we, that, that God's judgment on human wickedness is devastating. It is as devastating as it is just. When he promises to judge, um, God will come through on his word. But we also have learned, haven't we, that God is extraordinarily gracious uh, to humanity in saving and preserving those uh, who trust in him. And as we look at the man Noah, um, we see how God uses this one man uh, to save his people and begin a renewed creation. But we've also seen this morning that, that Noah is only human, and so he, cannot, he is not the one in whom we can place our hope. And that, that causes us to look ahead, doesn't it? Uh, for the one who will be Uh, the perfect man. All that was good in Noah is found in Christ. 
And all that was flawed in Noah is perfected in Christ. Christ is the better Noah. Because it's not through Noah, but in Christ that all God's blessings come to his people. It is Christ's lordship of the whole universe that ensures those common graces to us each and every day. The fact that the earth keeps spinning, that the sun rises, that there is food on our tables, that life is preserved, is through his gracious sustaining and provision. And it is Jesus, isn't it, who establishes the new covenant, better than the covenant established with Noah. A covenant in his blood that doesn't just promise to preserve life, but that gives us life in all its fullness. It is Christ, isn't it, who ends up um, naked and ashamed as he hangs on a cross. Not because he had sinned, but because he is bearing our sin. And as he hangs there, instead of lashing out uh, at those who have wronged him, he prays, Father, forgive them. And ultimately, it is Jesus who breaks through that curse of death. It is his story that does not end, and then he died like everyone else's. And because of his story, our story doesn't have to end like that either. Jesus is the one, isn't he, who offers hope um, to a world in desperate need of hope. He is the one who has changed the world completely uh, through his death and resurrection. And he is the one who will transform uh, the world when he comes again. He is the one in whom we can place all of our hope, uh, who will never uh, disappoint, who will never fail. So um, uh, let's thank God, uh, won't we, for his common grace uh, to each and every one of us, to, to all of humanity, um, for giving us uh, those in positions of, of authority who, who do offer uh, some semblance of hope, who do good uh, in this world. But let's not rest our hope on them, whether it be Obama or Blair or whoever comes along next. They are only human. And, and let's thank God for, um, for the grace he has shown the church in equipping leaders uh, to build it up and to teach but let's never rest our hope uh, in those individuals because they're only human. And let's, let's thank God for the people that he has placed in our lives uh, to encourage us, to spur us on, uh, to keep us going uh, when it gets tough. But never rest your hope in them. And, and instead, let's praise God for the one who is like no other in being able to bear the, the full weight of all our hopes, and who will never let us down and will always, always be more than we need him to be. Let's, um, let's pray together. Gracious Lord, you are the only hope for this world and the only one at worth placing our hope in. And so we ask that you would teach us to be thankful for, for all those who encourage and build us up, for those who are a blessing to us. 
we pray that you would guard them and keep them from stumbling. But we pray more than that, that our hearts would delight in Christ, um, in all that he is for us, that we might place our hope firmly in him, uh, because he will never let us down. In his name we pray. Amen.